Today in Staying on the Road, we will discuss, when it comes to RV parts, do brands really matter? And in Enjoying the RV Life segment today, it's all about cookware for your RV. Sounds pretty simple, but it might not be as simple as it sounds. And then today in the next stop, we're going to discover the charm of Shiner, Texas. And then we're going to wrap up the show with RV Envy, and we're going to talk about the RV Defender Tire Protection System. Again, yeah, we've talked about it before. We really like it, so we're going to bring it up one more time. This is Eric Stark with the Smart RVer Podcast, delivering the smarts you need to enjoy the freedom of the RV lifestyle without the fear of breaking down. So today is episode 142, so let's get into it. How are you doing today, Alexis? I'm doing well. <laughs> She's lying. She's sick. Oh. You could see her. Yeah, I look terrible and <laughs> <in> shambles. <laughs> She's a wreck. No. <laughs> All right, so Alexis is here today, and she's going to help us out with our show. Yeah, I was thinking about years ago, how when I was a kid, not that long ago, you know, but anyway. Yeah. So they had about 13 channels on the TV. Well, actually, the TV only had 13 channels on one (laughs) knob, and then the other knob had all these other numbers. (laughs) And so you, uh, and now prior to that, they had radio, you know, a long time ago, but just radio. But entertainment has changed, and it was getting, it made me think about, how out of 13 channels, we actually only got about six or seven mm-hmm. that came in. Now, this is living in Southern California. And then you could occasionally go to Channel 52. Mm. You like Gumby and Pokey, Speed Racer. <laughs> and that wasn't all the time. It wasn't always there. You know, depending on the day, the time of day, it was kind of a weird thing. You know, a little kid, you're like, oh, I want to see if I can get that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, today it goes beyond that. And, and it. That has grown over the years. You know, cable came out, satellite TV. You go from, you know, 13 channels to, you know, hundreds, thousands. And then it's even changed more today. So entertainment, you know, television has evolved into what was once free now to what you pay for all the time. There are some areas where you can still get free channels, and some people do, but it's not as good. There's not as much entertainment, and it's changed. We we crave a different type of entertainment today. Yeah. And it just made me think how we have to be careful with all the different subscriptions. Maybe yeah. you have, you know, uh, a satellite uh, service. You're paying something there, a hundred bucks or more a month. Then you add Hulu, you add Netflix, you add all the other things to it. And next thing you know, you're hundreds and depending on the size of your family, maybe even a thousand dollars a month in entertainment. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. And you know, is it really worth it? How many of these things do we really use? You know, so we got to. And this came up because all of a sudden we had this uh, subscription. I didn't know we had it. Karen's been using it. And I'm like, wow, we have this? I <laughs> Had it for how long? <laughs> she watches it like one show, you know? But it's not that expensive, but it adds up over time. It just got me thinking about this, how it just becomes a runaway train if we're not careful. Yes. You know, we don't really have that much entertainment ourselves, but... Some people with kids especially might have a lot. So right. just keep an eye on that. There's a little tidbit for you. Sometimes these things become, you know, a runaway train. Yeah. Now, another thing, you know, I want to bring up is customer service as it's dwindling today. And I promise this will be it. Then we're going to get right <laughs> into enjoying the RV life. So the definition of customer service is something like this. Customer service is the support you offer to customers, both before and after they buy and use your product or service that helps them have an easy and enjoyable experience with you 
Offering amazing customer service is important if you want to retain customers and grow your business. So is that what we see today? Mm. Is that the feel we get when we shop online? Mm. When we walk into stores, does it, does it really feel like they want you to come back? No. <laughs> you know, management or the corporate headquarters might, but the people on the floor, they could probably care less. Mm-hmm. Customer service is gone. Yeah, sadly. Yeah, I'm going to push it. Shop with places that take care of you. Local. Local. There you go. <laughs> you know, I mean, we have a reputation where we're at for great customer service. In fact, it's five star on Google's. We got the reviews to show it. Yeah. But it takes work. It takes effort. It takes training. But we enjoy it and our customers enjoy it. Yeah. So shop where places at places where they take care of you. Don't like, go elsewhere. It's like cheers. When our customers walk in, we yell their name. There you go. Hey, Norm. Hey, Norm. <laughs> Norm, you want another beer? <laughs> All right, everybody. So let's get into enjoying the RV life. And today we're going to talk about cookware for your RV. Mm-hmm. Kind of a basic topic, but you know... A lot of newbies get into this and they don't know what to do. Exactly. Some people just kind of walk in and out of the house with things each trip. Yeah. You know, and, and, and we got a list here and it's on our website. It's a smartrvier.com under enjoying the RV life. So, so the list is going to help us, but it's not a rock solid thing you have to just adhere uh-huh. to. Right. So, Alexis, what are some of the points on the list that probably stand out to you? Yeah, I mean, when we're thinking about how much we need to bring, I think you were bringing up this point. You don't want to overdo it with your RV. Uh, The weight is a super important thing to always think about um, overall. So, um, getting things that are compact for limited spaces is a really good idea. Um, Maybe you don't need a whole set of, of cookware, maybe just one thing, and it um, it depends on how much you're doing it and where you go. So definitely that is one point where you might not want to bring everything in your kitchen that you would have um, in your RV kitchen. So thinking about that. And then two, maybe it says here durable materials for longevity. But, you know, depending on how much you do it, don't spend a ton of money on it. You get something cheap and you're you're probably going to be fine. <laughs> That's true. And, you know, there's... You know, we think about the RV lifestyle, it, it it's it requires to be practical. Yeah. Being efficient. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you don't want to have a bunch of stuff or not have enough, especially if you like to cook. You certainly don't want to have a shortage of some of the things you need. You know, you only have so much space in an RV. Yep. And now this might be where you have to get kind of creative sometimes. Maybe you have to pack certain things away that mm-hmm. would be hard to access, but then maybe there's a place in the RV where you could hang them on the back of a door, yeah. make a little rack that would hold certain things as long as the door will hold the weight. Right, yeah. And things like that. Then when you get ready to leave, you can, or when you're done using them, you can mm-hmm. pack them away again. It's getting kind of clever with stuff, but, you know, yes. it's functionality. Thinking ahead, you know, if you're going to be gone for three days, do you have to have a big breakfast or could you just get oatmeal in the little containers you right. stick up in the microwave? Exactly. Yeah, if you're not going to be someplace where you have power and you're just going to be running off 12 volts and propane, then maybe, um, you know, something where you just oatmeal, where you add hot water, but you have to boil the water. Not a big deal. So you just need a pan for that. Mm-hmm. You don't it. need a set of pans. No. Even silverware, you know, especially if you don't have kids, it's just a, you know, a husband and a wife uh, or a couple, they could just have the basics, you know, a fork, a spoon, a knife, <laughs> two of each. Yeah. Two plates, Why two not? bowls, you know. Honestly. 
so you can you really do it accordingly. And so I recommend, you know, if you're a newbie, just take some things out of your house for the first few trips. Yeah. Think about what you need and then add to that later on. Good idea. If you're experienced and maybe you're buying a new RV, maybe that's time to really go through all your stuff. Do I really need all this? Yeah, exactly. You know, sometimes you downsize an RV or maybe the RV is bigger, but the kitchen's less space, you know, ever how it works out. Mm-hmm. So that might be the time to reevaluate, you know, what do you really need? Yeah. You know, sometimes we buy things, oh, this would be really great. Then we never use it. Exactly. Yeah. Just dead weight. (laughs) Right. Exactly. You know, a coffee grinder. Grind your coffee before you go. Don't bring a coffee grinder with you. Exactly. So this entire list will be on the website, and we could go through it, but it just take too much time. But a lot of it's just common sense and really thinking about what you need. And, you know, it's just another one of these things we bring out to help you enjoy that RV lifestyle without Mm -hmm. really getting burned with all these other things yep. that can just become a burden and weigh us down exactly all right so now we're going to get into staying on the road before we get into that i want to remind everybody that if you go to sun pro manufacturing if you own a freightliner m2 or s2 we have the solid black windshield cover on there now so for, for the freightliner m2 and s2 only solid black so there's no light that's going to go through it. Just a reminder, we sell a lot of these. People call us all the time asking about them, emailing us, texting us. So just want to throw that out there. Now, staying on the road is all about brands and do they really matter. So when it comes to buying RV parts for your RV, keep in mind it's your RV. You know, you want to take care of it. But we're going to dive into this because the brands products brands all of it combined the landscape is ever changing consumer choices have changed so much you know when you go to a grocery store they're three four times as big as they used to be in the 70s or 80s because of all the expansion of brands it's not necessarily new products it's now they got 200 flavors of orange juice you know 3,000 different flavors of soda, 900 different types of bread. So things are changing. But we want to explore the shift that's taken place from the classic well-known brands to this rise of these lesser-known counterparts. And we're talking about RV parts here. So do brands still hold the same significance they once did? Pay attention and enjoy the ride because we're going to go back in history a little bit and talk about the transformation. So there was a time you'd go down the highway and you'd see certain signs, you know, maybe it was Burma Shave, you know, an iconic brand, and you'd have the sign and, you know, the five signs before it that would say, you know, next stop, pay attention or whatever they were, I don't remember. Then all of a sudden it says Burma Shave, you know, or you'd see the billboards along the highway for Coca-Cola, Pepsi, You'd pull into a gas station if you're traveling someplace, even locally, you know, that the attendant would wait on you, customer service, but he'd probably be sipping on a Coca-Cola or a 7-Up. They'd have the big machine and the glass bottles. And those things kind of gave us a connection, you know, with, with companies, with people. It reminded us that people are still people. You know, it's changed today. You know, and that was a time where, you know, Golf Station, Shell, Phillips, they were all over the place. They were smaller. They weren't self-serve. You know, they were full serve. And you'd wait in your car, and you'd get that full service. You'd get that customer service. 
So that's how things used to be, where there's a great connection between people and brands and products. But as time or decades have rolled by, there's been these societal shifts where the where people's needs have changed. But what we've seen also is the decline of some of the classic brands. But not only that, we see the decline of brands in general. And some of it's because of consumer preferences. It's a different person to, or a different group today. Increased competition. Some brands that hung on for years or decades get taken over by a bigger company because they got comfortable, like Kmart, for example. Well-known brand. Sears, well-known brand, but they were asleep at the wheel and they lost their relevance. But those are brands you could connect with. Oh, yeah, there's a Kmart store. Yeah, you'd be in another town. It kind of reminds you of home in a way. And some of these shifts have paid the way for newer brands, potentially higher quality, but not always. You know, some of these supposed new and improved products that have hit the scene really aren't new and improved. And when certain products go away, it kind of leaves a vacuum out there where there's nothing there to replace it. And that even happens in the RV industry. As small as it is compared to everything else, you can have a little vacuum. A, a certain product gets discontinued by a manufacturer that was on, you know, hundreds of thousands of RVs. Now it's not there, but that you have hundreds of thousands out there and they need replacement parts. So it just goes away unless someone's innovative and decides, hey, I want to make a part for that you know, because there's so many of them, but that doesn't happen all the time. It just means you take it off and you upgrade and buy a new one. And quite often you have to put on a, another lesser known brand or something that's similar, but not quite the same. So now if we get to RV parts in our modern era, we fast forward to the year 2024. We're navigating a world filled with flying cars and space shuttles. Nah, I'm exaggerating. That's not yet. That'll be a future episode, maybe 2025. 20, no. <laughs> so we're not there yet. We don't have that landscape. But instead, we have a society that's really, you know, we've, we've lost the sounds of traditional shopping, like malls are empty anymore, you know, comparatively speaking to years ago. People walking in a mall, you know, the sound of their footsteps has really been replaced by the clicks and scrolls of online shopping. It's a time where metaphorically we find ourselves in a digital cafeteria sorting through the offerings of various online markets. Now, if we zoom in on the world of RV parts, we're witnessing the proliferation of low quality and sometimes dangerous products. And they're being pushed at, at the top of some of the online marketplaces or they're being pushed to the top. And some of these products actually work their way into RV stores because an RV store might say, oh, look how cheap that is. We can buy that and resell it in our store. And I've seen it, you know, firsthand people doing this, RV stores. So you have to be cautious sometimes. Other markets have experienced this over the decades. They've experienced in a home appliances, car parts. There's so many. It goes on and on, technology. But we've worked our way through it. And we kind of realized, well, this particular brand or this no-name thing is what I'm going to stay away from. So we've experienced, but it's still fairly new to the RV world. Now, let me give you some examples, kind of set the stage there. So first one would be toilet valves, RV toilets. So it's the water valve where the water line goes into, you push the pedal to flush it or twist the hand lever and water is going to fill the bowl and so forth. You know, there's a lot of brands of these now. It used to just be Thetford and Sealand. And then Dometic bought Sealand, so now it's Thetford, Sealand, Dometic, and 
Volterra had a toilet out there for a while. Camco has a toilet now. Libert has a toilet. But let's just stick with the main stuff that Thetford and Dometic made, or Sealand made, actually. So now you can get replacements for those at, for 25% of the price, 15% of the price. And are they any good? No, they're not. You know, they're low quality. In fact, we have bought a lot of these things and tested them and they don't work. And they're, they're just a low quality product. Cause sometimes it's replacing a product that already has a lot of problems, like a toy, a Dometic 310 toilet valve or 300 series. Those things fail all the time. Someone will knock that off and they say it's an improved, but it's not, it's just the same thing or worse. You know, and generally it's worse because it's lower quality. They're trying to sell something for, you know, $15 on one of these websites when it really should be at least 60 or 40 or something. Think about that $15 with free shipping. How much do you think that thing costs them to make? How much money are they making? Especially if they're paying fees to the, to the website. Then, you know, you can go into electrical cords, adapters and replacement ends for power cords for RVs. Not only does it cause little problems because they don't work that well? They don't work the same, but also you're using 110 volts or 220 volts and that can cause a fire, burn down your RV, burn down your house, <laughs> burn down your neighbor's house, you know, burn down someone's RV that's plugged in at your house. They're using one of your cores that you got on one of these places, dirt cheap. And I, you know, I bring this up because we've also seen those people come in with cord ends, want us to put on a replace it and put it on a power cord for them. I have a friend who bought all this stuff on one of these websites and all of it was pure garbage. It took him, you know, four or five times longer to put a cord end on than he, than it would have if he just bought a good one from one of the major brands, people that have been doing it for a long time and they're in it for the long haul. Yeah. There's, there's hundreds of these no name brands or, or it seems like hundreds on these websites that just kind of pop up out of nowhere. They don't have a website. You can't find this product anywhere, but on that website, it's like the company doesn't exist and it probably doesn't because it's somebody in another country selling to his cousin here who's selling on this website. And that's it. There is no real backlash. There is no accountability. So with power cords, not only can they be harder to use or put together, but adapters, lower quality, they'll have a tendency of burning up, failing quicker. And these are fire hazards when it comes to 110, 112, or 220 volts. Now, another one that's interesting are wire connectors. Now, you might think, okay, Eric, you've gone off your rocker now. Wire connectors, who cares? And, you know, in some regards, I understand that because that's how I felt, you know, wire connectors, who cares? But you go to some of these websites, the bigger ones, and they'll have all these different types or, you know, brands of wire connectors. You've never heard of one of them, not one of them. They're not mainstream. They're just cheap. You know, you get 5,000 connectors for like $19. It's just absolutely cheap. But what happens is, is when you take these connectors and you compare them to with a good brand, like maybe what Home Depot sells or a store, you know, a, a, a electrical supply company, even auto parts stores sell better quality ones. So you take, let's say just a butt connector, you're going to connect two wires together. You have a crimper, you crimp it down on both ends with the cheap brand. You got off one of these websites 
Now, if you're doing it right, you would pull on it anyways. You always do that whenever you crimp a wire to test it. Now, on the cheap ones, the wire is just going to pull out. On the good ones, it's not going to pull out. The crimps work better. And, you know, I've experienced this firsthand because I've bought some of these cheap ones. Like, well, gosh, it takes like four connectors to get a good crimp. And you're always pulling it. It pulls right off. It's like, wow, this is ridiculous. It must be me. You know, I mean, I've been crimping for decades, you know, <laughs> since I was a kid, you know, doing wire connections and things. So then, you know, you start to realize, is it the brand? And actually, this came to my attention from a video on YouTube. I'm not going to say the name of the person, but there's a YouTube on this stuff, and it really shows it in depth how poor it is. And the same person did a a video on fuses that you can buy on these online marketplaces, 12-volt fuses. So we're past the connectors, buy good quality ones, unless you want to just go through them. They're cheap enough where you can just check and double check and make sure the crimps work. But remember, every time a crimp fails, generally you have to cut the wire off and then the wire is going to get shorter. So depending on what you're working on, you don't want the wire to get too short. You know, you need to have some space there. Okay. So now fuses are another issue. You can buy these cheap fuses and you're thinking, come on, fuses have been around for decades as well. They should have this figured out, right? Well, if you take a two amp fuse from these marketplaces and, you know, this isn't painting a brush for every single one, but it paints the picture for there's a problem out there. So this particular person in his video took a two amp fuse and he tested it. And this guy's an uh, electrical genius. So it wasn't just some schmuck like me doing his garage. This is electrical genius, knows what he's doing. So he's putting a load on the fuse at two amps. The fuse doesn't blow increases the load to four amps the fuse doesn't blow okay at two amps that's fine but now it's at four amps the fuse doesn't blow so he says well let's give it a minute maybe it's a slow blow fuse you know he's being sarcastic so he went to the bathroom and his video ran the entire time when got a cup of coffee you know he comes back 10 minutes later and the fuse doesn't blown he puts another two amp load on it. now we're at six amps the fuse hasn't blown now this is a two amp fuse he puts another load on it of two more amps, making it eight amps, and it finally blows. So you think about that. You know, how many devices or, or uh, components can get ruined because a fuse won't blow? That's the point of the fuse, to, st to stop problems, to save the thing that, that the fuse is there. And, and maybe it's a stereo or a light. It's there for a purpose. You know, some people just bypass fuses just take them out or run stuff without fuses you have to have fuses and now this is 12 volts so it's not like it's 110 volts but you can still get a small fire you can ruin devices connect to it the wires can burn up things can happen so now on a 15 amp fuse if it doesn't blow up 15 amps but only blows it let's say 25 amps you got a bigger problem or 30 amps you got a gigantic problem so you have to be cautious with these things by named brand fuses like busman they've been around forever they're in the automotive industry you know they they're the they're a good brand trustworthy they're probably more expensive but isn't it worth it knowing that you actually have a fuse that's going to blow when it's supposed to so you can look at all these different things you know see you know you have to make good decisions sewer hoses water hoses propane hoses the things that are sold on some of these online marketplaces are garbage. They might work for a bit, but they don't work for a long time. Now, I was brought up in an era where you buy it once, you buy it good, and you're done with it. 
rather than keep buying a cheap one. You know, what's the definition of uh, insanity? Keep doing the same thing and getting the same results. That's insanity. So we don't want to be insane. We want to buy good products. So we're coming to the end here of, you know, talking about this. But when you're shopping, think about brand loyalty. Now, not every brand is going to be a rock solid brand either. I'm not saying that, but we have to be cautious of the no name brands. The one, the brands that aren't good, we are already aware of them. So we're witnessing a, a, a lasting shift of valuing low, low quality products and low quality innovation over brand recognition. So it's just like a child who's contemplating the school cafeteria's mystery lunch. You know, the consumers face a similar dilemma when they're online shopping. You know, are we knowingly consuming the metaphorical equivalent of cafeteria garbage in our digital shopping carts? It's a valid concern, but we don't need to fear about this. You know, the, the online marketplaces are changing, and but there's still some hidden gems out there. There's places where you can go online who prioritize customer service and curate selections of high quality products. So as we navigate the virtual cafeteria of consumer choices, let's remember not all online platforms serve garbage. In this digital age, discerning shoppers can find reputable, reputable online markets that continue to uphold standards of excellence. There's not a lot of them. They're going away, but they're there. All right, Alexis, wake up. <laughs> I'm awake. Don't worry. <laughs> All right. Alexis is sick, so she's in over there dozing off, got her pillow out. Done. Okay, so I hope that helps everybody. You know, it's not to bash all these places online. It's just to make you aware of the products out there that are not good. And don't spend your money on it. You know, having a brick-and-mortar business gives an advantage a lot of this because we see it firsthand. And we can experiment with it because it's part of what we do. But when people come in and they buy something, yeah, I just bought this on such and such and it's already failed, you know, do you have one that's better? Well, of course we do, you know, because that is just the cheap online garbage like you get in a school cafeteria. All right. So now I want to ask everybody who's listening to this podcast to share this with your uh, friends, family members, anybody that owns an RV that might have interest. We're trying to up our online presence. You know, we have grown quite a bit on YouTube and we've grown in our podcast, but we want to keep this momentum going in 2024. We want to reach some new heights. So please share it with others. All the episodes have value to them. It might not fit what you need at the moment, but it will sooner or later. I used to listen to a show driving a lot about gardening. Yeah, I wasn't into gardening. Never have been, never will be. But every now and then, I pull a little rabbit out of my hat of something I heard on that show, you know? So it pays off. <laughs> okay, so now we're going to go to the next stop. So now Alexis has to wake up. Yeah. Because we're going to discover the charm of Shiner, Texas. All right. Place Yeehaw. Where beer flows in the street. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so what do we got, Alexis, in Shiner, oh, Texas? There's a lot. It's kind of a unique place. Um, just traveling to Texas is kind of a, an adventure anyways. But um, we've got, the like you said, <laughs> there's beer everywhere. They've got a really rich brewing heritage. Um, I think the you pronounce it uh, Spetzel. <laughs> the Spetzel. Spetzel Brewery, <laughs> home of Shiner Beer. So this is definitely one for, you know, RVers who are inclined to to find a good brewery to 
to chase that that might be a fun thing to um check out it's got a lot of history with that and shiner is a smaller town so it's got that small town feel you know that we we may lack if we live in a bigger area so that can be kind of fun and definitely has a very pretty countryside um a lot of historical landmarks and museums so you can't go wrong you know there's a lot of history here (laughs) there is and so to put it in perspective on a map so Shiner is about halfway between San Antonio and Houston. Okay. It's just about halfway mark, a little south. It's not on the 10. It's below the 10. I don't remember what highway it's on, but it's below the 10. Then if you go straight up, you got Austin, Texas. Oh, okay. So it's part of those three big cities in a sense. And then if you go further south, you have the Gulf of Mexico. Then even further, you know, southwest, I guess you call it, um, say, uh, Padre Island. I think okay. there's more to that name, San Padre Island or mm-hmm. something, or Juan Padre Island, I don't know. <laughs> so it's in a cool place. Not only is it cool because of the, the brewing history. Yeah. You know, it's not about the beer either. I mean, the beer is cool. If you if you drink beer, you like alcohol, whatever, you know, yeah. you go. Yeah. But, you know, the mugs, they come in. Yeah. You know, there's going to be a ton of places like German-type stores there. Exactly. That yeah. sell cool things that you can't get anywhere else. Yeah. Unless you're, like, solving California. It's going to have a lot to offer, and I'm speaking a little bit more because Alexis isn't feeling so so uh, <laughs> No, it's good. Yeah. So, there's a lot there. And there's always food, places like this, gobs of food, you know. We know it. To absorb that beer. <laughs> <laughs> They've got or to Or you that. fill up on beer and forget the food. <laughs> and places like this, too, because of the heritage, they always have events. Yes. Parades, cool. you know. Um, yep. Beer guzzling cool. days, whatever it is. Fun stuff. Fun yeah. stuff, family friendly. Mm. So it's for everybody and yes. everybody will enjoy it going to someplace like this. So exactly. just reading up on it and a little like, you know, reading what we have here and what's on the website, you know, I was kind of like, hey, this is a cool place. Yeah. I never really thought much of Texas. Right. You know, That's I know there's a lot of nice places there, but I don't think that much about it because I just yeah. visualize Houston. Right, right. But there's old more. city, not my cup mm-hmm. of tea. So more. it's worth checking out. And there's an RVer friendly town too. So oh, yeah. thinking your RV there. Yep. Yeah, and that's where we want to send you. So someplace is RV friendly. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So um, I'm sure you could find something on Shiner, Texas in one of the um, RV destinations magazines. You know, they have so many articles. Awesome. It's an online magazine. You can get a, a physical copy if you want, but images are awesome the articles are great and it definitely whets your appetite as well and that's what we're trying to do get you thinking about where to go next plan your summer plan your springtime trips um get out of the norm where you kind of go to the same thing every time you go out where are you going oh yeah that campground up north you know joe's campground well let's not go to joe's this time let's go someplace else All right, so now that's going to bring us to the next part of the show, RV Envy. And in the past, I talked about RV Defender. You might not recall, but it's um, a tire blowout system. It's a fender-type system that goes over each tire on your trailer. It's not for motorhomes. It's for trailers and fifth wheels. This product is just an awesome product, and it's really unique. There's, There's another brand out there, but it's not nearly good in quality as this one and it's worth checking it out it's rvdefender.com is their website so if you're concerned about getting blowouts 
and you know mitigating the damage that happens from them when that tire starts spreading everywhere you know tearing up the fenders the underside of the rv you know they can really tires can actually rip through the floor and damage refrigerators they tear up holding tanks they do a lot of stuff even the rocks flying off the tire depending on where you travel can actually start making holes in the bottom of the the wooden fender or the floor or whatever you know so yeah it's just an all-around great product now they're they're not giveaway prices you know you're gonna spend a couple bucks getting these and it's gonna take some time to put it on probably pay if you do it yourself you know plan on spending a day on this thing but it's worth it great product so i recommend checking it out if you haven't already at rvdefender.com so that is bringing us to the end of the show today so in part of our pushing to share we want you to go to our youtube channel or just go to youtube and type in the smart rver and we have our channel there with our videos watch some of the videos ones that catch your interest we're producing new ones every other week and we're going to try to do more of that now maybe every week it takes a lot of time between the show running a business doing videos but we're working on it so check out the videos and if you like it hit that like button and please subscribe to our channel now next week on episode 143 we're going to talk about tv brackets and flat screen tvs oh boy is that gonna be exciting yeah maybe not that exciting but it's definitely worth knowing there's some pitfalls with flat screen tvs that a lot of manufacturers of rvs don't catch and they're putting these tvs on walls and it doesn't turn out to be a good scenario as we close the show today, keep your discerning eyes open and, and have happy trails wherever you're going to on the road or whether it's the digital aisles of e-commerce. Have fun doing it. This is Eric Stark with the Smart RVer Podcast. It's been great hanging out with you. If I don't see you on the road, let's connect at the smartrver.com.